Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited. Well, not excited. I am here to discuss this Denver Nuggets loss with you as the Nuggets lose to the New York Knicks. Final score, 106-103. Obviously, this game has some caveats. Let's start that off real quick. Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon. Honestly, probably the two most important players for the Nuggets to have in the lineup in a game against the New York Knicks, they were not here in this game tonight, and the Nuggets definitely felt that loss. There was no doubt about it. Uh, Denver got, I think, yeah, they got 14 points combined from Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan, but uh, not necessarily fantastic minutes. And it was one of those games where you could see things kind of unraveling for Denver in a lot of ways, but one of the main reasons be not being able to handle the physicality, not being able to handle the moments, the pressure, and the intensity where the Knicks kind of ratcheted things up in clutch time. They did really well to do that. And Julius Randle, I think, led that charge, but you also had Jalen Brunson, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, I thought, played some good physical defense in this game. Cam Reddish uh, had two steals and a block. They got into that mode where their backs were against the wall. The Nuggets had them kind of on the ropes in the middle of the fourth quarter. And they punched back a little bit. But ultimately, what really won them the game was the fact that Denver couldn't execute. They couldn't execute on the offensive end because Denver didn't have the proper amount of physicality, but also just the good decision-making that they normally do when Nikola Jokic is out there. And so, obviously, he was out due to health and safety protocols. I think Aaron Gordon was out technically due to a non-COVID illness, but we know that that kind of evolves into something more, more often than not. So those guys, they weren't available, and they may not be available in the Dallas game either. So this is going to be something that Denver's going to have to learn from, I think. But in the first segment, we will talk about the starters. Second segment, we'll talk about a bench that was pretty new that the Nuggets have not played before. And third segment, we will discuss uh, what the Nuggets learned and why I'm not really aggrieved by this loss. This isn't one that I'm going to look back on and think, oh yeah, really big deal. But let's focus in on the starters for now. Let's talk about Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, I think, was the guy that brought it from beginning to end tonight. He was one of the only ones, not necessarily uh, condoning the lack of efficiency there, especially at the end, but Throughout this game, especially in the first three quarters, I thought that Jamal Murray had a really good game. Played some good defense, got to his spots on offense, really directed traffic, made sure to make the most of what was a pretty tough situation. And in Jokic fashion, he led the team, or at least was tied for the team lead, in every single statistical category tonight outside of blocks. Blocks, Bruce Brown had two, Murray merely had one. But Murray had 21 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Did have 3 turnovers tonight. The big problem, though, is that he was 7 of 20 from the field, 
And he had 21 points heading into, or basically when he exited in the third quarter. And so he had a good game going. There's no doubt about that. He was getting to his spots. He was navigating the offense pretty well. In a pretty tough situation, he was making the most of it, making some tough shots over Julius Randle. Uh, I think he made one over R.J. Barrett. Uh, there's just a lot of good moves that he put on display tonight. And it kind of dried up in the fourth quarter. I have to imagine that some of that is just fatigue. I have to imagine that some of that is uh, the Knicks defense kind of being a little bit more physical and him not necessarily handling that as well. But he spoke after the game and was just very upset with himself because he missed some shots that he thinks that he can make going forward that she should be making. And I tend to agree. There were some that he didn't make that he probably could have, but there were also some where he couldn't really generate the requisite space once those guys really started playing up into him. So he is going to have to figure out ways to both navigate offense with and without Nikola Jokic. And what I mean by that, Jokic is putting a body on whoever is screening him or whoever's guarding him. Jokic is screening that guy all the time. And so Murray's able to get space by navigating that really well. He does so smartly. He does so with patience and finesse, but also good timing. Without a major screen setter tonight, I think DeAndre Jordan, when he was out there, uh, DeAndre Jordan was a plus 10 tonight. Not necessarily because of anything that DeAndre Jordan really did, but I think having that screen and roll guy, somebody who could really put a body onto somebody, was helpful for a player like Jamal. So not having that in the fourth quarter was a problem. Zeke, when he was out there, not really a good screen setter. And then when Jeff Green's out there, Michael Porter's out there, those aren't great screen setters either. So Denver's got to figure that out. They're going to, in the next game, play against a team like Dallas where you need to be physical as well. Uh, we, we will see how that evolves. Michael Porter is another guy who did not handle the physicality that well tonight. Although, I got to be honest, I thought that he got some pretty good shots in the first half tonight. They just weren't going in. And yet Michael Porter did not attempt a shot in the second half. And I think that's more on him than it is on anybody else where he has the cadre. He has the ability to call for the ball and get more shots and do more stuff. And he just didn't in that second half. He was very content letting Murray do his thing. Very content letting Bones Highland do his thing when he was out there. And I don't know if Bone or if uh, Michael Porter really knew how to impact the game from that spot when his shot wasn't dropping. So he's got to be able to, when Jokic isn't out there, to hit him on the, all the off-ball movement stuff. He's got to find a way to be able to create on-ball. There are things that he can do to help himself, but he's going to have to work on his package, going to have to work on his game to be able to function in those minutes without having somebody to create shots for him. So that's going to be an evolution going forward. It's not necessarily the biggest problem in the regular season, but in the playoffs when the Nuggets are trying to keep afloat, when they are trying to survive in the non-Jokic minutes and they're trying to throw everything else at the wall, 
you're going to see Porter get out there and probably need to hit some shots. So he's going to have to find a way to do that when the physicality gets turned up and when everybody is going at him. So Michael Malone said that he can't really control Michael Porter's aggressiveness, that Porter has to bring it on that end and he can't let missing shots affect his aggressiveness or also affect any other aspect of his game. And I tend to agree with Malone. I think that that's on Porter at this point. He's a veteran. He knows what his role is in the NBA. And he knows what he has to do for this team, especially when a guy like Nikola Jokic is not playing. So credit to Jamal, I think, for stepping up and really trying to take the reins on that one. He's clearly the alpha out there when when Jokic isn't out there. Porter probably has to discover himself a little bit more on that end. DeAndre Jordan, uh, he started the game, and as I mentioned, was a plus 10 tonight. Every other starter was a minus, mostly because of how the game finished. But DeAndre Jordan, I thought, played fine. Not necessarily great. He missed a couple dunks. He missed the two free throws that he got while missing another dunk and getting fouled in the process. But he did rebound. He had eight rebounds in 26 minutes. He had a block. And the Nuggets were clearly functioning better when he was on the court. Now, is that a byproduct of what the Knicks were doing or what the Nuggets were doing or what Jordan was doing or how the game was just going at that point? I don't know. But I thought that Jordan was fine in the starting lineup. Do I think that Denver still has a lot of things to work on when he's out there? Absolutely. When Jokic isn't out there and the rest of the starters are, it still looks weird. Like it, it isn't lost on me that like Denver was still able to shoot a little bit while they were out there, but couldn't really finish in, in the paint or in the mid-range area. That They really struggled in both of those areas tonight. I'm not surprised because Jokic kind of operates in those areas, but Jordan's going to have to do more. He's going to have to finish those shots. That That's his job. If he doesn't do that, then what's he doing out there? So either way, you can't really complain that much. 26 minutes of DeAndre Jordan and you win his minutes by 10. Like the rest of your game plan, you have to win. Or you have to at least not lose by more than 10. And so hard for me to blame DeAndre Jordan. Jeff Green, uh, he got the nod tonight at power forward next to Jordan in between Jordan and Porter. And then he also got the nod as the small ball center in crunch time where Denver needed somebody who could really step up and battle with Julius Randle and do the things that uh, one needs to do when being physical against a guy like Randle. In this situation, it should have been Aaron Gordon. I'll just say that. that That's the reason why Gordon's out there. He's the physical, athletic body who challenges a guy like Randall, doesn't let him bully him. Gordon's a guy who will rebound. Jeff Green did not rebound tonight. The Nuggets should have won the rebounding battle by more than they did. They only won it 42-40. to 40, And I honestly think that they could have won it by more. They didn't. Uh, Jeff Green, only two rebounds tonight. He did have a couple of nice drives. He did have a couple of good opportunities where he drove to the rim, created some offense out of nothing, 
And he deserves credit for that, to be clear. But a lot of that is because, like, Jokic isn't out there. So I do think that Denver's going to have to figure out that backup, uh, that backup center spot in situations like this where the opposing team goes small. If you don't have Jokic, then you've got to have somebody else. I, I suspect that it's going to be Aaron Gordon more often than not. But Jeff Green is also a guy that Denver has gone to. And I thought that Jeff Green kind of failed at that tonight. So it is what it is, but he can do better in these moments. That's for sure. And then KCP, hard to really complain about what KCP did tonight, although he did have a technical in a bad spot. That was uh, not great in the fourth quarter. Actually, oh no, it wasn't in the fourth quarter. He got a technical while Murray was at the free throw line, I think in the third. And I don't know why he got a technical. Like, obviously nobody asked him about it, but... I do think that like that's starting to become a habit with him. He's getting some technicals early on in this season. I'm pretty sure he leads the team. So he's got to be better there. And on both ends of the floor, like I thought he was fine. RJ Barrett really struggled tonight. A lot of that because of KCP. And KCP had 13 points on nine shots to assist. Was fine. He was fine. The Knicks starters, uh, Randall was really the guy that uh, controlled things for them. Jalen Brunson got into the action as well. Uh, 21 points for him and seven assists. He didn't start the game off that well, but he did finish it. Murray's probably got to do a better job on him, but there was a possession where Murray played great defense against Brunson, forced a really tough shot, got a miss, and then Jeff Green got called for a foul while trying to box out Julius Randall. That's kind of what I'm talking about with both of those guys is that Murray can lock in in those situations and play pretty well. Green is just not going to rebound. Like he he is a bad rebounder, boxer out. Like it's just not part of his game. And so that is going to ha- like it's it's November. I I remember complaining about this before and it just not being that much of an issue last season, but it is something to continue to know that Jeff hasn't been rebounding, and Denver, they could have won the rebounding battle by far more, given the misses that the Knicks had, and they just didn't. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the Nuggets bench lineup that featured a couple new faces in there. We'll be right back. We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackman here. Want to tell you really briefly about Superbook Sports. Nobody's more excited to tell you that football is back. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now they match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's get back into this thing. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets bench. A lineup that I thought honestly played pretty well. They There were no issues there with this one. I don't think that they really lost the game. 
I thought that there were some aspects that they could have definitely been better on, especially in the first half. But second half, they really turned it around. And I thought that this was a group that Denver had not gone to before. But they actually had an all-bench lineup that worked. That played pretty well. That group in the third quarter was in the third and fourth quarter was Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Vlako Chanchar, and Zeke Naji. Now, Bones had been marooned for a while in Boston. They had trouble getting him back because he had been in health and safety protocols, needed to test negative for a certain number of times before getting onto a plane uh, with a mask on and coming back here. And he did pretty well. Uh, For Bones coming back and being in the situation that he was, it was impressive for him to be able to handle that the way that he did. 23 points tonight. 21 point or 23 minutes, excuse me, 21 points, seven of 15 from the field, five of 10 from three, two of two from the line, seven rebounds for bones, two assists, one turnover. So not a big turnover night for him. He definitely wasn't the issue on that front. Denver had 15 turnovers as a team. Bruce Brown had four. Uh, Jamal Murray had three. MPJ had two. Zeke Naji had two. But Bones, he was a guy who I thought controlled things pretty well. When the ball was in his hands, he got to the paint, or he stepped back for three, or he took advantage of opportunities where other guys created, then dished it off to him, and he took advantage of the space that he had and let it fly. He attempted 10 threes tonight in 23 minutes and just continues to fire from out there, and he continues to make them. Obviously, being at home, Like, he's going to shoot a little bit better, I think, than he does out on the road. But you take advantage of that. Make five threes in a game, especially some of the ones that he does make. It really does change the flow. Right at the end of the third quarter, the Nuggets had a big swing where New York, they had the ball with about four seconds difference between the shot clock and game clock. And they ran the clock down. They ran the clock down. They ran the clock down. And the shot clock runs out after they don't really get up a shot. And Bones, on the other end, takes on two defenders, finds some space to shoot a three, and then cans it, hits a, hits a three to put the Nuggets up at that point. And you thought that Denver could kind of run away with it at that point. Obviously, it didn't happen that way, but Bones was a big reason why Denver was able to generate that lead and even extend that lead with an all-bench group out there. Thought that they were very good. His backcourt mate, Bruce Brown, pretty good. I wouldn't necessarily call him great. The four turnovers are definitely an issue, but he continues to fill up the box score in pretty crazy ways. 22 minutes for Bruce, 12 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. Hit a couple threes again tonight. He had been getting cool from the three-point line, but hit some tonight. Six rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks. Did have the aforementioned four turnovers. He didn't close tonight, and I thought that that might have been a mistake from Malone, although Bones Highland did close. So it's hard to navigate that. You want KCP out there because he's playing good defense himself. He's also a better floor spacer. In general, even though they both shot two of five from three tonight. And I think that KCP just, he's been in that spot plenty. He's going to 
operate fine without the ball in his hands. And when you have Bones and Jamal out there, it's hard to go Bones, Jamal, Bruce Brown, and KCP. Like, that's definitely a tough one. And also, like, maybe it would have been better. Maybe uh, when you have, like, let's say you have Bruce Brown in place of Bones. Then you have another guy that can really defend Jalen Brunson. And you have Murray on R.J. Barrett or Murray on Cam Reddish. And then you have KCP on R.J. Barrett. And maybe that would have worked better for Denver in that situation. But it's tough. It's You, you never know which direction you're supposed to go. Uh, I don't envy Michael Malone in that situation when Bones is at five threes. You want to keep the dude out there on the court. Whether Bruce was a better matchup, I'd, I don't really know. But what I do know is that Michael Malone was very reliant on Zeke Naji tonight. 26 minutes for Zeke Naji. Five of seven from the field for 13 points. Got to the free throw line three times, made a three, had three rebounds, two offensive, one defensive. One of the offensive rebounds that he had, he kicked out the bones for a three. I have no idea how he got that board. It was one of those where the ball just kind of magically appeared while he was fighting for it, and he grabbed it, threw it out to Bones, and Bones just jogged right into a three, and it was great. But it's one of those that I think stands out, and Zeke had a play early in the, the first quarter, I'm pretty sure, where he deflected a pass for a steal. He had some good defense tonight where he's contesting on the perimeter, he's contesting on the interior fighting for position, making sure that a guy like Jericho Sims wasn't getting on the offensive glass too much. And so I thought that Zeke had a good night. Unfortunately, there was a pretty horrible turnover that he had uh, with about four or five minutes left to go in the game where he tried to drive by Julius Randle and put the ball on the floor for some reason, lost the ball immediately, and that turned into two points the other way. And then he had foul trouble, where he he struggled to defend without fouling. And I thought he got a pretty rough whistle in this game. But it did seem to me like most of those fouls were legit. So he's get, he's got to be better. And honestly, I give him a pass because he hasn't really been on the court out, that, out there that much. So he would get better. And you play him a little bit more, he would probably adjust a little bit more. But I am curious to see what he looks like over a prolonged stretch. Can he get more than three rebounds? Now, Bones was there. He grabbed seven. Bruce Brown was there. He grabbed six. And honestly, the bench lineup for the Knicks, the two bench guys that they had, they only had two offensive rebounds. One was Jericho Sims. One was Derek Rose. So I'm not even really sure that Zeke was bad on the defensive glass. He just only grabbed one defensive rebound. So... Sometimes he'll grab more. Sometimes that'll be a different thing. But I didn't really notice the defensive glass being a problem while he was out there. And I think that's one of the things that Malone would be a little bit concerned about. And Nuggets fans might be a little bit concerned about with Zeke at the five, where he's a little bit smaller. Now, Jericho Sims is one guy. Andre Drummond from from Chicago would be a different matchup entirely. So Maybe this is just a better matchup for him, and maybe this is more of a matchup-dependent thing. But I do think that Zeke, he's earned another look. He's earned another look or two. And it's not lost on me that he and DeAndre Jordan played the same amount of minutes in this game. Malone trusted Zeke and wanted to give him plenty of opportunities, and I think he was overall better for that. 
Zeke was a plus two in his 26 minutes. That's, that's a good sign. And two more guys. Christian Brown, thought he played pretty well. Didn't really have that many shooting opportunities, but it is what it is. Like, I think the Bones and Bruce Brown, they definitely kind of demanded a lot of those shot opportunities. Jamal Murray was out there sometimes with Christian Brown. Michael Porter was out there sometimes with Brown. So Brown is automatically going to kind of fall back into that player that basically plays a bit role, not necessarily doing a whole bunch. But he did block R.J. Barrett on the way to the rim tonight, had some really good defense, and was one of the reasons why R.J. Barrett was 4 of 18 tonight and 0 of 9 from 3. R.J. got him on one move, but that's only one, and I only remember it being one time that Christian Brown kind of got beat. So credit to him for, in a matchup where you need him, really stepping up and doing his job. R.J. Barrett was a minus 18 in this game, despite being on the court for 31 minutes in a game, the Knicks won by three. Part of the reason for that is definitely Christian Brown. Part of the reason was uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, and I thought Jamal Murray had some good minutes on him, and Bruce Brown had some good minutes on him, but frankly, I think that Christian Brown is one of those guys that you look back at and think, okay, 15 minutes, what did he do out there? It was mostly defense, grabbed an offensive rebound. He's going to be more of a defensive guy, but he makes a lot of sense in situations like that one. So hopefully he continues to get more opportunities. I think he deserves to be in the permanent rotation when everybody's healthy. He's kind of the 10th man right now in a nine-man rotation, but I do think that Denver should try to go to 10 at some points. And then finally, for the bench, Vlako Chanchar. Nine minutes tonight, he only played in the second half was a plus one in his minutes in the second half. So that stretch worked out for Denver. It wasn't a bad stretch by any stretch. Um, didn't really do much. I saw him, got he got switched out onto Emmanuel quickly and quickly drew a foul against him at one point. But other than that, that's really all I noticed from Blacko. Actually, there was one. He did back cut, get a layup, a free layup out of it. I'm not sure who passed him the ball. I don't remember who exactly it was. Maybe it was, uh, was it Zeke? No, did Zeke have an assist even? No, he didn't. It wasn't Zeke. Maybe it was Bruce Brown. Maybe it was Christian Brown. I'm not sure. But either way, uh, Vlaco, he's one of those guys that like he's out there. He's not doing too much. He's connecting, just making sure the ball gets to where it needs to go, trying to fill his role defensively, and that's fine. That's all you really need. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to discuss why this game is not a big deal and why Nuggets fans do not need to panic at all. We'll be right back. Final segment, pick axe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this bad boy up by talking about why this game, to me, is not as much about the win or the loss as it is just the learning experience of being in this situation without Nikola Jokic, without Aaron Gordon, 
and learning a little bit about yourself and about what the team needs and what those guys bring specifically and why that was lacking in this particular loss. Obviously, everybody's going to point to the offense. That's what they do. That's what everything's all about with this team pretty much. But I think about the Aaron Gordon-Nikola Jokic duo in a in situation like this and think, yeah, this is a is a great matchup for their defense specifically, where the three-point shot isn't necessarily going to be a mad a massive issue when defending a team like the Knicks, who entered tonight ranked 28th in three-point percentage, and they shot 23.5%. The most important thing on the defensive end is making sure to wall off the paint, wall off opportunities around the rim, and make sure that the shots that they do take are more difficult, where they're outside the restricted area, they're over the top of outstretched arms consistently, you're deflecting passes, generating steals and blocks, doing everything you can, and then cleaning up on the glass. That's what you're supposed to do. And I think with Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic, obviously, it would look a lot better against this Knicks team. So it's not really a concern when I, I, I'm i going to assume that those guys are going to be good to go for the playoffs. There's That's not an issue in this case. But when you play in lineups without those guys, you have to learn a little bit about yourself and what you do well and what you don't do well. And I think what the Nuggets don't do well when Jokic and Gordon aren't out there, mostly Jokic, is the clutch baskets, trying to generate good look after good look in the clutch, doing what you can to create the open shots for a variety of people, not just for one or two. And it has to be more than just ISO. It has to be more than just I'm better than you. Because sometimes that's not going to work. And unless you're Steph Curry or LeBron or KD, that's not always going to fly. Even Jokic, like sometimes he'll struggle in ISO situations. Not often. And he's gotten to a point where he's so good at it that it's great. But that's something that Denver can rely on when he's out there. When he's not out there, you have to find different ways to succeed. So with Murray and with Bones, I think that you have something brewing there where those guys can kind of riff off of each other. What they do, creating shots for each other, doing what they can, kind of taking turns in a your turn, my turn situation. But there were a couple of plays where I remember one specifically, I'm pretty sure it was the third quarter, where Murray's handling the ball. I think he's on a screen, uh, kicks it out to Bones for a deep left uh, left wing three. And that's what you're looking for with those guys. You want to space the floor vertically with Murray and Bones. You want to make sure that the defense is so stretched out in those situations that even DeAndre Jordan, when he's in the middle of the floor, can make those easy decisions, whether it's as a passer or a dunker. When those guys stretch the floor out vertically, then it makes the rest of the offense much better. And so there are going to be situations where those guys are on the court together, creating offense, doing good things, and that'll really help Denver. Now, they're going to have to figure some things out, and they're going to have to figure out the rest of the guys around them. But, like, can I see a lineup that works in the playoffs that features Bones Highland, Jamal Murray, 
one of Bruce Brown or Christian Brown, Michael Porter, and let's go with Aaron Gordon. Yeah, absolutely I can. There's no doubt about it. Those guys are going to play a lot of minutes in a playoff series, in a playoff setting. There's no doubt about it. And having an opportunity to work on those things during the regular season is objectively good. You want to be able to look at stuff. You want to be able to figure out what works, what doesn't, who's up for the moment, and who's bothered by it. I thought that Zeke, for much of the game, when it wasn't super physical, was really good. I thought that he was up for the challenge of matching up his minutes, switching on to guys, doing things the right way, and then I thought he handled himself on the interior pretty well. So maybe he's a guy that you can throw out there at various points. However, when Julius Randle kind of turned up the physicality on him, I thought he was very bothered by it, where he turned over the ball the first time and then got harassed the the next possession down where he's kind of crab dribbling a little bit. And at some point, you have to be just more comfortable with the ball and, and have the ability to put the ball on the deck if somebody's pressuring you that much and punish them for getting up into your business. I don't think Zeke's up for that, and he may not be up for that by the end of this year. And so if he's not the answer at the five, and maybe Aaron Gordon's not the answer at the five, and Jeff Green's not the answer at the five, and DeAndre Jordan's not the answer at the five when Jokic is out, Denver may be up a creek at that position. But you figure these things out. You go through the reps. You try to make it work. You try to navigate things with these guys. And if you have enough of a sample size to determine yes or no, this is going to work, this is not going to work, then that makes this a healthy learning experience, in my opinion. Now, physicality can manifest itself in different ways. Some of it is just purely like setting screens, battling for rebounds, not getting bumped off your spot, being able to hold your ground in a situation when the opposing team is trying to get you out of your comfort zone. But another way to really deal with physicality well is to defend without fouling. When Julius Randle is throwing throwing himself around, when guys are driving to the basket for the Knicks and they're trying to create contact, if the Nuggets are physical enough, that doesn't mean that you just sit there and deck them. That doesn't mean that you just... Uh, let the let the opposing team come to you and then deliver a shot. That's not how that works. It's more of a like, being able to physically keep up with somebody in that situation and know what they're going to do, be able to deal with the physical brunt of it and do so at a at while executing at a high level and not fouling in that situation. I thought Denver got a rough whistle tonight, but they gave up 31 free throws. There's no doubt that they weren't good enough defending without fouling and in the physicality department in general, because that's when the Knicks really turned it up, especially in the last five minutes or so of the fourth quarter. They got a lot of points at the free throw line, and when you give them free opportunities, it's never going to go well. So Denver's got to learn how to play more physical. 
They've got to learn how to operate more of the clutch without Nikola Jokic. I think that goes through Jamal Murray and Michael Porter. And those guys especially are going to have to navigate that. They're going to have to figure it out. Now, with Murray, I believe that he can get there. He's done it before. There's no doubt that he can get to that place. And I thought he battled tonight pretty well with Julius Randle in the post. Like getting switched out onto him a couple times and not giving up an inch. It was really impressive. He's a good post defender. He's shown that as to be part of his game. But when you're not able to get past certain guys at the first level on the perimeter on offense, the physicality is definitely bothering him a little bit. The lack of burst coming off of this injury, definitely something that he's still trying to get back from. But he's also like he had some moments tonight where he got right past Cam Reddish while Reddish was guarding him one-on-one. He just screwed up the shot. And that's fine. Like, he'll get it back. Like, it's game 14. But with Michael Porter, has Michael Porter ever proven that he can handle physicality? Has he shown it? Has he been a physical player in his career? I'll fast track this. The answer is no. The answer is that he has not figured out how to deal with that. And he's one of those guys that I know Jokic is up for the physicality. I know Aaron Gordon's up for the physicality. I know Jamal Murray's up for the physicality and will be by the time the playoffs roll around. KCP, Bruce Brown, those guys are gamers. They're dogs. They're ballers. Christian Brown, I think he's up for it too. I think Bones is learning how to do it. I think Bones is figuring things out. And a lot of his game, he just needs to figure out how to get free. And then once he can, he can let a shot fly from anywhere and he'll be fine. But he's also dealing with the physicality of driving to the rim, not getting bumped off of his spot that way. With Porter, he's got to figure out how to be physical. He's got to figure out what that means. And could this be a byproduct of the injury? Could this be a byproduct of him not necessarily wanting to throw his body around in that way? Maybe not being able to build up his body in the way that you would need to because it might put some more stress on his back? I don't know. I don't have those answers, and I don't necessarily want to speculate on them too much because that might be improper. It might not be the right way to go about it. Because the thing is, Porter's an elite, elite shooter. There's no doubt about it. He's had like two bad shooting games the entire season. So how do you get out of that? How do you move past that? How do you figure out how to get past it? That's part of his challenge. That's part of his goal for the rest of the season. It's also about being able to play physical without fouling on defense. Where if he's going to be on the court, whether it's at small forward or power forward, he's going to have to find ways to be an impactful defender. He had a great game against Chicago, but New York was a completely different beast. Chicago, they're not physical. They were more finesse guys. With New York, they were trying to batter Denver. They were really trying to just drive through them, get to a spot quicker than they could and power up. So MPJ has to figure that out. That's going to be part of his overall growth curve. And if he can, then he's going to be set up for a long time. If he can't handle it, then changes things. But either way, this was a good game to learn from. This was a good game for Denver to understand 
some of their strengths and weaknesses, see where Murray's at without Jokic, see where Murray and Bones together can play, see what it looks like with Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan next to all those starters, and then see Zeke Naji in a situation that they haven't seen him really before. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this evolves. Not necessarily looking forward to the Dallas game, because if Luka Doncic plays, then I got to imagine that Denver's in some, they're in it, if in that situation. Like KCP is going to have a tough time, but they can figure it out. It's going to take some time, and they're going to have to be really dedicated to it. But Murray and Porter are absolutely capable of 30-point games. Bones is capable of a 30-point game, as we've seen. If Denver can get enough of those hot shooting performances, maybe they walk out of Dallas with a couple wins. That'd be great. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'll probably be back tomorrow. Uh, just breaking down some of the rest of the NBA and just kind of having that intermittent game podcast should be good. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys tomorrow.